Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. The Israel Air Force is widely recognized as one of the world's best organizations of military aviation. It excels in air-to-air combat, air-to-ground strikes, and surface-to-air intercepts, the last mission being assigned in the Israel Defense Forces to this branch rather than to the Army. Yet what has been a remarkable record against birds of prey is more questionable when mosquitoes buzz in. Last week, a small unmanned aerial system penetrated Israeli airspace from Lebanon and managed to safely sneak out back home after being chased by aircraft and air defense. Is that a serious hole in Israel's wall or merely an asterisk? To analyze it, we are joined from central Israel by Brigadier General in Reserve Doron Gavish, who is the former air defense chief of the Israel Air Force. Thank you for joining us, sir. Indeed, also joining us from another location in central Israel is Colonel in Reserve Miri Eisen, who is TV7 Powers in Play, a panelist at TV7 Powers in Play, Israeli public diplomacy, security, and intelligence expert at the ICT at Reichman University. Thank you for joining us as well. Shalom. Also joining us here in the studio is our TV7 editor-at-large, as well as the host of Watchmen Talk, Powers in Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding about this challenge that Israel is dealing with. And, uh, of course, it's not just a local challenge, but a regional challenge that is increasingly posing uh, threats to not only, as I said, Israel, but our partners and newly acquired allies in the region. So, Jonathan, as you said in your introduction, Israel doesn't have army aviation. It has an air force which also incorporates the air defense and various uh, control systems um, because the air force chief needs a complete uh, aerial picture which combines uh, all of the elements uh, of uh, of this system. Now, Israel, even when it's uh, air force or uh, combat pilots reigned supreme, was uh, a pioneer in uh, using uh, drones. Uh, Even before the Yom Kippur War, there were um, uh, primitive drones, uh, Teledyne Ryan uh, drones, which uh, were used for reconnaissance. Later, Israel was one of the pioneers in the world in using um, drones or UAVs or any other name uh, that you want to give them, remotely piloted, um, and so on and so forth, for various uh, missions, uh, not only uh, reconnaissance. But at the same time, uh, the Arab countries and organizations such as Hezbollah and Hamas, and obviously Iran too, have built what one may call the poor man's air forces, which include both missiles and drones. And um, they don't need pilots for those, at least not those who sit in the cockpits. And uh, they can send, and did, um, even 16 years and and more, Ababil drones and uh, other such devices uh, from Lebanon into Israel. And uh, while the layman may think that if one one can shoot down uh, a fast airplane, it will be easier 
to uh, intercept a slow and small target. Obviously, it's uh, the other way around, but for that, we have General Gavish to explain more. Firstly, obviously, Israel is contending with its arch enemy in this region, the Islamic Republic of Iran. And if I may refer us to a quote uh, of uh, the U.S. CENTCOM commander, the outgoing commander, General Kenneth McKenzie, who said on February 4th uh, to the Middle East Institute that, as usual, Iran relies on proxies to do its dirty work, fueling them arms and other resources with the express purpose of sowing discord, uh, discord and endangering human lives. General Gavish, we'll start with you. To what degree is Israel prepared at this stage to contend with those challenges of a growing arsenal of an already large one, uh, both in Lebanon as well as a growing one in uh, its neighbor, Syria? Well, it is, uh, of course, a very challenging threat, but um, unfortunately, um, here in Israel, we are used to challenging threats. And uh, we are trying to prepare ourselves to that. Uh, you know, we, we could, in a way, when we're talking about the UAVs, we could um, maybe, in, you know, in a way, we could uh, take the example of what happened with the rockets and missiles. Remember that in uh, 2006, uh, there were around 4,000 rockets shot uh, toward Israel from uh, Lebanon. And we had no way and no means to defense against it. In the last uh, campaign against uh, the, the Gaza, uh, the Hamas in Gaza, they shot uh, around 4,500 uh, rockets. This time, 90% of the rockets were intercepted by the Iron Dome system, those that were uh, um, toward the, uh, the cities in Tel Aviv, Ashkelon, and so on. So, uh, I would say that the uh, UAVs, in, in a way, we, this is something that uh, we are preparing ourselves. We, we are learning how to uh, fight against it. Uh, but uh, there are already, I would say, some uh, success that uh, we could see. Again, in the last uh, campaign, uh, the Hamas tried to uh, penetrate Israel with the UAVs. There were five of them, and uh, all of them were uh, intercepted. Um, the the other thing that uh, if we're looking uh, even even the last uh, event that we saw in the in the north, uh, it was detected, uh, so the alert was there, and uh, this is part of the concept. Maybe I will talk later. It's not only intercepting the the drones; it's also alerting to those that they need to go to a shelter, uh, for example. So I, I would say that uh, yes, uh, the Israeli Air Force is prepared. Uh, it's all, as I said, it's already um, um, uh, showed uh, his, his capabilities uh, lately. But we also could say that there is no 100%. It's not that the defense is uh, hermetic. Uh, but overall, I think that uh, this is uh, something that uh, is being looked at. And uh, the doctrine and the means are being uh, developed. Uh, it was, uh, by the way, lately discussed even in the news that uh, it's not only Israel that it's uh, looking uh, upon this uh, threat. This is something that regionally, uh, all the region is uh, concerned and there are all kinds of uh, corporations uh, also from, from this uh, perspective. So uh, uh, the, the answer to your question would be that uh, the Air Force is prepared, have the means, the doctrines. But this is something that it's continuously uh, being uh, developed. And uh, it's not hermetic, but uh, I think that uh, 
from a civilian point of view, um, I think that the civilians could feel that uh, there is a good defense. Indeed. Colonel Eisen, uh, uh, you coming from the intelligence community, of course, to what degree is uh, the expanding arsenal a concern uh, with regard to the fact that many of those statistical missiles, so-called, are being transformed now also into uh, precision-guided munitions in order to try and challenge uh, Israel's defense array? To what degree is Israel uh, expanding its its vision, if you will, uh, with regard to this question. When we look at the challenges that we have nowadays in the arena around us, we always start from Iran and the Islamic regime in Iran, what they've built in Syria, on Syrian soil. It's hard for me to call Syria really a country. And from Syria, that's already a country that borders Israel. And I'll remind our viewers, we've already had drones flown from Syrian territory into Israeli territory and downed by Israel in years past. So we're talking about uh, a threat that is known, that is developing. But let's broaden it out in the way that both Brigadier General Gavish said before, Amir talked about this. There have been drone attacks from Yemen into United Arab Emirates, into Saudi Arabia. This is not just a problem that Israel is facing. And we have a growing cooperation, both with our new um, countries, new in the sense that they have strong relationships, open relationships with Israel now against these type of threats. But let's think about it for a moment just from our point of view. I can go online now, all of us, to Amazon and buy a drone. This is different than the weaponry that we're talking about in other things, meaning I can actually buy a drone is not only a military concept. It's not like a rocket or a missile where you're putting guidance systems. A drone is something that I could buy online and then I can put different payloads on it. So there's an additional aspect here which makes it cheap very accessible in a different way than standard main regular weaponry. And the numbers here can be scary. And that I think we've already seen in some of the attacks that have happened in the Gulf area into oil installations and other. Um, there are lots of photographs and footage that we could show of that, that you throw fly in, you know, uh, this whole group of drones and they do a kamikaze attack down onto the ground. And that's different than the type of threat that you see from missiles, from rockets, from those guidance systems. Indeed, Mr. Let me Let me elaborate on the last point uh, Miri raised, and that is a swarm attack, what Miri called groups of drones. Usually, when a new weapon system comes around, uh, we tend to look at it um, as if it is only one weapon. But the problem is uh, when it is being uh, committed to the battlefield en masse. When you have uh, scores of, uh, of such drones trying to overwhelm the defense, it becomes a real problem because are you going to uh, launch uh, many rockets or anti-missile uh, missiles? Are you going to send um, attack helicopters uh, to try and hunt down these drones? And also, the drones uh, can be used in special missions. For instance, if you are trying to find someone in a specific building, on a specific floor, in a specific apartment, and you can send this drone 
through the window in order to avoid collateral damage. This can be done not only by Israel, but also to Israel. So for uh, a security service, uh, such as uh, those uh, bodyguards uh, who have to protect VIPs, it's an additional problem. Indeed. However, when we're uh, listening to those two points uh, raised, both by Colonel Eisen and General Gavish, with regard to a, uh, we're talking about a shift of uh, the balance, if you will, from 2006, not being able to intercept uh, anything uh, to a, a point of 90% success rates. Uh, it's quite a transition. And on the other hand, uh, when we're talking about the drone aspects, uh, specifically the mosquito drones, and if you may right. also elaborate on that, uh, we are seeing here an issue of the balance of, of financial output. But Jonathan, let me phrase this question um, to General Gavish, please. And excuse uh, the pun. Israel uh, may find itself in a drone-out war, drones against drones. Is that science fiction, or can we really see drones fighting each other? For, no, it's not science fiction. I, I might, I, I must uh, say, you know, there, there are several ways to deal with the, we deal to deal with drones, but. Maybe before getting into the direct question, I, I would I would like to show the or to speak about the, the broader picture. When we fight, by the way, against rockets and missiles, but but also drones, when we fight against them, there, there is a concept that Israel is looking at, the Israeli Air Force, the IDF is looking at, at it is, and and this concept have few pillars. One of them, it's it it is it is attack capabilities. It means that uh, you want to intercept those drones before they, they are, you know, they're in the air. So still when they are in the ground, this is, this is one option to fight it. The second thing which is very important is the alert, because you know, those dr drones are coming to do something. So once you detect them, and by the way, we saw that in the all last events, they were detected also in the last one. Once you detect it, you could um, uh, allow the, the, the people, the, the civilians, as it was again in the last time, because people uh, heard the sirens, you could allow them to go to the shelter. To the shelter. Then in this way, you minimize the, the damage that could be, uh, that this uh, drone uh, you know, um, could, uh, could do to, to the civilians or to military installations. The third part is the, is the interception. Now, the interception could be, as you said, I mean, that could be also something that could happen in the future. It could be kinetically, as it is uh, from uh, rockets and uh, missiles, from the air or from the ground. But it could be also in some other means, which are not kinetically. And one week before the last, um, the last event, there was something like this, that the drone fell, fell down without without anyone shooting at him. So there are all kinds of different means to, to deal with it. It is part of a big concept. We don't only look on the interception. And as it, as it was mentioned before, also by, by Miri, uh, Israel is not alone, uh, which is very, very important. Because once you have a broader picture, uh, it, it, makes it, um, uh, it makes the way of fighting those things, uh, I would say, my, must, much more efficient. There is a, another uh, option of using uh, drones, especially uh, smaller ones, and Amazon was mentioned. There is the logistical use of uh, using the uh, drone to carry 
weapons or uh, munitions into hostile territory. Um, it was uh, used in this capacity a couple of years ago uh, in order to try and uh, bring explosives into the uh, West Bank. Um, it failed, but it could be used again. But also, if you have uh, someone from Miri's occupation, an intelligence agent who wants to send not just a message, perhaps someone who is trying to find whether the soil around a certain facility is radioactive. He needs to send a sample. If he can put it on a drone, he or she, I'm sorry, maybe it's a female agent, if they can put it on a drone and send it to their case officers, it would serve a good purpose. With that being said, Colonel Eisen, uh, if we listen very intently to what uh, Hezbollah Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah said just uh, uh, earlier this uh, week on February 16th, or last week, excuse me, uh, he said the following, and I quote, I want to say to Israel that your battle between wars led to excellent results for us, and you lose you do not win. I can announce that since many years, we have been able to turn our rockets, from which we have thousands, into precision missiles in cooperation with our brothers who are smart and in cooperation with experts from the Islamic Republic of Iran. Uh, we started this years ago and we returned our rockets into precise missiles and we do not need to move rockets from Iran adding further that uh, he also, or his organization, uh, managed to produce uh, drones in Lebanon for a long time, and whoever wants to buy them, he said cynically, may place an order. Are we at a stage where uh, the uh, Islamic Republic bolstering its, its regional allies in trying to then establish manufacturing factories to develop their own capabilities have shifted the equation somewhat and have increased those arsenals of precision munitions, including drones and missiles? It's difficult to say nowadays in an open way how much we know. There's no question that the Israeli Defense Forces, and not only us, are very perturbed, very disturbed by the issue of precision weapons as opposed to statistic weapons. That has to do both with the drone swarms. When it comes in large numbers, it changes part of the equation. So you asked about what Hassan Nasala said. You know, Jonathan, I always listen to what he says, and I want to remind everybody. His audience is Arabic. His audience is Islamic, not Shiite, not Sunni, Islamic. He is out there to make a point to them. And we listen. And I don't take it to heart in the same way. This is part of the war over hearts and minds. It's most definitely done so that Israelis will listen and say, oh, we don't have any capabilities. So I'm sitting here calmly and thinking, think of what we just talked about right now. We talked about drone wars. We spoke before about the precision munitions and also about the capabilities that Israel has developed from 2006, that's yesterday morning, to be able to defend ourselves. We're literally already in things that were in Star Wars in the 1970s in movies, and they're already out here right now. That goes for both sides. Yes, Hezbollah wants to enhance his capabilities. Iran wants to enhance Hezbollah. They manage to enhance each other. They're a mutual fan club. Don't underestimate 
Israel's responses, Israel's capabilities, and the cooperation that's happening nowadays between Israel and other threatened countries by Iran, by Hezbollah, and Hezbollah as it goes out, because Hezbollah is not only in Lebanon, as we know, but throughout the region and even the world. So that when you ask the direct question, yes, there are more capabilities, and Hassan Nasrallah is going to bring that out, and Israel has more capabilities. We're not always going to toot our horn, but we are going to try to both intercept and detect and be there out in front. With that being said, two new systems unveiled just in the past month. Uh, first systems uh, spoken of during the INSS conference on February 1st, we heard Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett come out with a declaration of uh, implementing a new laser system of sorts. Uh, can you tell us more about that? And then a second system, of course, the Sea Dome, which is a transformation, and maybe General Gavish can provide us also more uh, informative and in, uh, understanding of to what degree is this truly protecting Israel's strategic assets offshore, uh, the Sea Dome. Well, laser has always been the most uh, promising technology, but it also has uh, its problems and uh, weak points, which uh, the other side uh, can exploit uh, regarding uh, weather, night and, and other uh, problems. And um, it's a continuous race between defense and offense. And um, the real dilemma for Israel is whether it should and can invest in electronic warfare, cyber, artificial intelligence, machine learning, while the other side is also doing that. And by doing so, perhaps uh, not uh, prioritize as much the kinetic responses, because money you put on, on one sort of investment is taken from another account. So General Gavish is obviously uh, the best uh, judge for that. Indeed. General Gavish? I, I agree with, uh, with Amir's comments. I would say that you know, it, it is really the challenge uh, when you're coming to you, you try to balance where do I invest the, the first shekel or the second shekel. By the way, if you remember be, before 2011, the, there was a huge discussion about uh, about the Iron Dome, the need for it. And by the way, I always used to give, for those of you who like uh, soccer, I used to say, you know, that Barcelona is a great game, a great team. So back, back then they had Messi. Now Messi moved, but best players in the world. And, and it was a huge, the best team uh, probably in the world. But still, if they didn't have a good uh, goalkeeper and a good defense, probably they were, they were not a balanced uh, team. It's the same for the defense. Uh, and as I said uh, before, when you look on the concept, you need some, some attack means, you need some defense means, you need intelligence means, you need a, a variety of uh, capabilities, and it is a challenge to balance between all of them. This is what is happening all, all along the, those years. But I, I think that Israel really, it, Israel is in a, is a, in a balanced point between different capabilities to, do, to deal with those uh, challenges that, that uh, we, we are having around. And uh, so, you know, th this is something that we continuously uh, develop, exactly as Amir said, that there is a, always this fight between the, the defender and, and the, the attacker. But uh, as I said, uh, we, we, we look at it as, as a full concept. 
And one time we are on the attack side, one time we are on the defense side. By the way, defense and, and the offense are talking uh, between themselves. Uh, remember that if something is coming toward you and you see it with the defense radar, so you know exactly where it came from, and I don't need to elaborate on it. So there is, there is, there is a lot of uh, capabilities. We still want to have a basket of uh, capabilities and not to focus ourselves on, on one, one way of uh, defense. And uh, so, so this is basically the way, the way that Israel is dealing with it. The, for the second uh, question that uh, was, uh, or what was mentioned before, uh, I would like to say that the defense of Israel, we are kind of concentrating now and talked about uh, the Iron Dome, but when we are talking about the strategic threats, uh, those that are coming from uh, Iran, those that are coming from a long distance, Israel have uh, multi-tier defense uh, systems. So it's not only one system. The concept of defending Israel by against rockets and missiles, it's, it's a multi-tier uh, defense uh, structure. The Arrow 3, for example, which will intercept high in the sky, basically in space, uh, it's, it's one of the tiers. Uh, the, the Arrow 2, the, the David Sling uh, with a, a newcomer, uh, the, the, the Iron Dome that we just talked about. So it's few layers that we that will deal uh, with those the threats coming also to our uh, strategic assets if it is on the sea or if if those that are are in land and also we have a very strong cooperation on this specific issue uh, with the united states this is also something that uh, worth to be mentioned uh, there are um, i'm sure that you all are aware of the juniper cobra series uh, exercise uh, and, and the U.S. forces come to Israel. There's a joint task force uh, uh, who is coming to, to uh, enhance the defense of Israel uh, with his own capabilities. Uh, so there is cooperation, there are strategies, there are doctrines, there are capabilities, and uh, we want to enlarge our uh, tools box as much as, uh, as, much as it is uh, possible. Indeed, as uh, you mentioned also earlier, and uh, Colonel Eisen as well, uh, CENTCOM or the U.S. military is also uh, in cooperation with Israel, uh, providing tailwind for additional cooperation on a regional scale. But but uh, I mean, the, these exercises with General Gavish as a reserve uh, officer is leading on the Israeli side are with Yukum and uh, the uh, Sixth Fleet. And now organizationally and conceptually, the Israeli Defense Forces has undergone uh, a very interesting trajectory. Anti-aircraft artillery came from the army to the Air Force, but now the army is using battalion-sized drones for its forces. Indeed. Well, hopefully we can sleep better at night now that we have all this information. Unfortunately, this is all the time that we have for today's deliberation. So I'd like to thank General Gavish, Colonel Eisen, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's program. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.